Welcome to Arson, a magical audio drama storytelling experience. Arson contains swearing, allusions to sexual themes, as well as themes of violence. Thank you and enjoy this episode of Arson. Dear Diary, what the hell? I keep catching myself wishing I could go back to two weeks ago. Or, I guess it's six months ago on Earth. Back to when my parents were alive. Back to when the most stressful thing in my life was med school. But now? I feel like I'm in a Shakespearean play. I mean... Let's run it down. My parents died. I've discovered I'm part of this magical fairy realm. I met a king, who's also my uncle, who also definitely killed my parents but framed someone else for it. So now I'm planning an infiltration of a magical kingdom with the help of fairies. And then there's Kaelin. Can't have a Shakespearean play without a little romance, right? Oh god, I hope it's a comedy. Oh, and to top it all off, if my plan to dethrone my uncle succeeds, I would be the next rightful ruler of Lafresia. A place that I never even knew existed until recently, and only visited once. This is a lot. I honestly don't know how I'm going to make it through this. The way I see it, this confrontation could go one of three ways. Either it works perfectly, we get in, get some of the guard on our side, and together we force Arson to leave the throne. No bloodshed. No more fighting. Or, we get in, we have to fight, probably lose a lot of good people in the process, and hopefully still be able to remove him from power. Dead or alive. Or, we get caught. We have no one on our side, and Arson kills us just like he killed my parents. And the citizens of Lafresia never know the truth. God, I wish they were here. I want to hear their voices one more time, and not just in my head. They always told me such wonderful stories. I wish I could hear them now. And when when the fairies found Lafrasia, they they celebrated. Daddy, you're falling asleep. I'm sorry, love. It's been a long day. Don't you think it's time for bed? But Dad, story! I know, sweetheart, but... But your dad is very tired. Orly, darling. 
Why don't we let your father go to sleep? I can tell you the story. Yes, Mama, tell me a story, please. Thank you, Vi. Good night, Princess. I'll see you in the morning. Okay. Now, where was he? The fairy just found Lafresia. Oh, yes. Well, when the first fairies arrived in Lafresia, they were amazed by the beautiful landscapes, the bright and blinding sun stars, and they could feel the magic of the world all around them. They knew they had found their homes. Centuries later, the people of Lafresia still celebrate our founding in the heart of winter. It's called the Festival of Wings. For five days in the middle of the deepest, darkest time of the year, we celebrate the founding of our world. On the first night, the families leave gifts and tributes out for the royal family. Legend says the king himself goes to each house and collects them himself. That's a lot of houses. <laughs> That's true. It is. Then what happens? Well, on the second day of the festival, families honor the long journey our original founders had to go on by walking the streets of their city. They dress in costumes and hand out gifts and fate willows. The Lafresian flower. Like a parade? Exactly. Then, on the third day, we decorate the house. It was so dark when they first arrived in Lafresia that they needed to light candles in order to see. So we decorate with lights, making our home as bright as Lafresia was that night. I bet it was really pretty. It's a beautiful sight. I used to look forward to it every year. I want to see. And I hope one day you will. What about the last days? Well, on the fourth day, friends and family gather for the feast. The best food and company anyone could ask for. And on the fifth, they exchange gifts with those that they love. It's one of Lafresia's oldest and most sacred traditions. One that is held to this day. I like the way you tell stories, Mom. <laughs> Thank you, darling. Maybe you can tell me stories more often. I don't know. Your father might get pretty jealous if I took his job. He'll get over it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, my love. I'll tell you stories. As long as you want to hear them. Then you'll never stop. Aurelie sat with her back against the rough rock of the cavern walls as she took in the view from the lookout that Kaylin had shown her. She rested her head against the back wall and let her eyes scan the cityscape below her. Her parents walked these streets. Her father had made the choice to return to Lafresia here. Her mother had said goodbye to her friends here. She let her pencil dance across the pages of her journal allowing each painful emotion to pour onto the parchment. I'm looking at my life differently now. We celebrated the Festival of the Wings for a few years until I eventually told them that I refused to celebrate some made-up holiday anymore. 
I wanted to celebrate Christmas or Hanukkah like my friends did. I wanted to be normal, and I didn't believe their stories anymore. Mom always told great stories. I mean, she spoke of her time in Lafrisia with such passion that it felt like I was there with her. I believed it so hard when I was younger. But then I grew up. Orly placed her journal back in her bag and hugged her legs to her chest, resting her chin on her knees. Sleep, darling, sleep. Let the fairies take you home. Sleep, darling, sleep. And you'll never be alone. <laughs> well, Mom, I did let them take me home. And you're right. I've barely been left alone for five minutes since. And we're not sorry about it. Ah, Kaylin. Right on time. I came to let you know that we're ready. Wow. Okay. This is a good plan, Orly. A plan that a leader would make. So, you put it together too. The whole royal lineage thing. Lafrisia would be lucky to have someone like you on the throne. Would it? I mean, I don't know anything about Lafrisia. That's not true. Not even a little bit. What do you mean? You've heard the stories. Our stories. Our history. Your entire life, Orly. Just because you didn't believe them doesn't mean you don't know them now. I guess you're right, but... It's been so long, I don't remember everything. It's like I'm hearing it all again for the first time. But are you willing to learn? Of course I am. Then that's enough for the people of Lafrisia. So everyone's ready? They said they can leave as soon as tonight. I'm not ready. Yes, you are. I just really want to make them proud. You already have. What if I fail, Kaylin? You won't. But I'm so scared that I won't be good enough. And that's okay. I'm afraid that if we fail, Lafrisia will never know about their king. I'm terrified that I'm leading innocent people to their deaths. I'm worried that I won't have what it takes to do the right thing. I'm angry about what I've lost, and I'm furious that I didn't listen to my parents. But most of all, I am conflicted because I am also incredibly happy about what I found. And I'm so mad at myself that I didn't say it back because I do. Kaylin, I, I love you. I, I didn't say it before. But I've left a lot of things in my life unsaid and I didn't want this to be one of them. Kaelin closed the distance between them in an instant. His hands went to the sides of her face and he held her there, gazing into her golden eyes. Orly, I'm going to kiss you now. <laughs> About damn time. Thank you for that. <laughs> You're welcome. 
All right. It's time, isn't it? Yeah. It's time. Okay. Yeah, we can do this. Yes. We can. Because of you. You've inspired us. We've pushed our limits. Found new abilities. Discovered we can do so much more than we've always thought. Fight for the truth. You've made us better, Coralie. Alright. You already got your kiss. You don't need to suck up. One day, I hope you see yourself the way your parents saw you. And speak about yourself the way they spoke about you. So do I. And maybe one day I will. Aurelie and Kaylin carefully made their way down the carved stairs of the cavern wall. As they neared the bottom, they saw their unseely allies, now doubled in number with the inclusion of the assembled strike team, standing with Nyx, Shelby, and Dominic. The Unseelie had donned their gear, and for the third time, Arlie was reminded why the Unseelie had been feared all this time. They stood in dark leather vests, their arms bare. Flax's limbs were covered in deep scars that spanned from his shoulders, down to his hands, and up to his face. The younger Unseelie still had the signature Unseelie markings, but they were more contained, harder to see from a distance. As Aurelie approached, she noticed that each Unseelie had a small dark-colored metal chain tied around their biceps. Gregor, what's that on your arm? Our battle chains. Am I supposed to know what that means? It's iron. A very concentrated iron. Iron is toxic to Fae. Then how are you wearing it? Symbolic, I guess. When the Unseelie first left Lafrisia, Easton and Arson thought we would die off without the inhalators. But we didn't. We adapted. And now we don't need them. Our warriors are given these pretty young. They used to scar when we wore them. Not like it was noticeable among all the rest. But, like everything else, we've adapted. I've been meaning to ask about the whole... you adapting thing. Do the Unseelie still have access to their wings? I, I mean, do they still grow? Yeah, painful as hell, though. Even more so now, so we don't do it often. Painful because of the scars? When the Unseelie were banished from Lafrisia, we were not a different species yet. We were once just like you. We had informative, protective, suggestive, and combative magics. We were just like every other fairy in Lafrisia. As you are aware, I have retained my informative magics from my time in Lafrisia. But the introduction of the Earth atmosphere, without the help of inhalators, the latent magic in our bloodstream became combustive. So, combustive magic isn't a new type of magic? No. Think of it as a fiery side effect of our already present magic. Unseely who didn't have magic at the time of the banishment didn't develop anything new. But those who had it, their magic changed. Exactly. For example, my informative magic is strongest in portals. You'll see soon. My ability to create portals is not compromised, 
But the material in which my portals are created is, well, fire. Protective fairies can still create shields, but they're a little more obvious now, you see. Lephrasian guard members saw this and classified it as combustive, an entirely new faction of magic, when in fact, it is an extension of the magic already there. This is fascinating. So we still have wings, but... They're made of fire? You got it. Huh. So, painful. Extremely. If everything goes the way we planned today, would any of you even want to return to Lafrisia? After everything they've done to you? After all the lies they've told? After everything you've done and gone through to make this place your home? Uh, some might. We love our home, but... From what we've heard from our elders, <laughs> it's no Lafrisia. I think what we want most is the chance to go back and forth. Occasional travel between realms. <laughs> exactly. Your Highness. I am simply saying that the permittance of occasional travel between lands could benefit your pupils. How do you come to such a conclusion? With all due respect, sir, your people feel trapped here. And so what is it exactly that you are requesting? Freedom, your highness. We are requesting freedom. As Basil said, we know your people would benefit. We know that you have safeguarded us and protected us from the dangers of the world surrounding us. But there is a difference between being safe and being trapped, Your Majesty. We are not asking for a permanent door linking worlds. Yet. We're asking for a chance to explore what the universe has to offer. We implore Your Highness to consider our words and to empathize with your loyal subjects. That's what the people of Lafrisia want, too. They're already on our side. They want the gates open. They want freedom. And they're getting restless. They won't be too hard to convince. That's good. You're forgetting something, though. They want freedom and the gates open, but they don't trust the Unseelie. They still think they're responsible for killing King Easton. Because that's what they're taught. We need to get Arson to confess. He would never do that. Not in front of the citizens. He'd sooner die and become a martyr than admit his own fault. Then I just need to get him to confess it to me. That doesn't exactly help with the whole convince the citizens thing. Yeah, no offense, but they won't believe you either. I have an idea, but um, we're going to have to make a quick stop on Earth before heading to Lafrisia. We will need to take another dose from the inhalator before we leave. Yeah, it's already getting harder to breathe. Ugh, I've been dreading this. Let's just get it over with. Dominic, Kaylin, Nix, and Shelby each took out their golden inhalators and hesitantly raised them to their mouths to take another dose. The Unsullied <sighs> watched on as the guard members' faces twisted in pain. 
with the exception of Katie, who stood motionless again. After a few moments, they let out a sigh of relief. If this golden inhalator was a person, I would kill it. Normally I don't condone unnecessary violence, but I am inclined to agree with you on this one. Orally, my eyes... Are they still... Yeah. They are. That's so strange. Hmm. What do you think that thing would do to one of us? Wanna find out? We've been taught that Unseelie's eyes would turn red. But I think it's fair to assume that everything we've been taught about you is a lie. Gregor, we don't know what the use of that would do to our adapted bodies. We shouldn't mess with the reality of who we are now. And we have no idea how you'd react. We need you in top shape for this. Understood. You couldn't handle it anyways. Okay. Now that we're ready, let's go make that stop. Lead the way. Why did we have to wait out here in this alley? Because Orly doesn't need our help in there, and you're all dressed like you're going to Comic-Con. Uh, <laughs> you have no idea what that means, do you? Context clues, Colton. Okay. So what does it mean? Clearly it... is a place... Um, where people wear clothes that are not considered normal. You know... If we make it out of this alive, I'd like to take you to a real Comic-Con someday. I think I would enjoy that. So would I. I'm surrounded by sappiness, and I hate it. Just ignore it, is what I do. We are shielded, but that just means people can't see us. They can still hear us, so why don't you all pipe down? Why don't you take your own advice, then? Feisty. She always liked that? Yes. Yes. Flax, I've been meaning to ask you a question. Do you have a moment? Of course, Caitlin. What's on your mind? I guess I wanted to ask... If you have any idea why my eyes turn gray after using the inhalator, I should have gotten blue. Protector. The guard always gets blue. Nix, Shelby, and Dom got blue. Gray isn't in any of our books. It doesn't make sense. Hmm. I've only seen gray one other time in my life. You have? Yes. One Miss Violetta Sharp. Violetta? But she never mentioned that. If I had to guess, maybe it has something to do with your connection to royalty? My eyes turn gray because of Orly. My best guess? But I used the inhalator before I felt... the way I feel about her. Are you sure about that? I... She's coming back. If you were ever going to compose yourself, now would be the time. Did you get what you needed, Orly? Yeah, I did. Uh, here. I need each of you to take one. They're already set up, and you'll know what to do when the time comes. This means you need to get Arson alone. How do you intend to accomplish that? He's my uncle. He owes me that much. After everything. I thought we learned not to rely on King Arson's moral compass. We aren't. 
were relying on his lack thereof. He'll want to gloat, to tell me everything he did. I'll just give him the opportunity. So your plan is to go into the castle and face King Arson alone? That's incredibly dangerous, Ellie. Uh, Nix is right. Do you think we should come with you? We're supposed to protect you, after all. She can do this. Kaylin. She can do it. She doesn't need us, but we'll be nearby to help when it's time. Thank you, Kaylin. <laughs> well then, if we're all prepared. Right. Okay. Let's break into Lafresia. Thank you for listening. Today's episode was written by Nicole Tuttle and edited by Mariah Clausen and featured the vocal talents of Nicole Tuttle, Michael Porteous, Emily Buza, Ace Corsaira, Wes Haas, Cody Page, Liza Holmes, Kate Gallagher, Evelyn Bush, Daniel Young, Mariah Clausen, Daniel Santoy, Griffin Coldiron, and Zachary Robb. This episode was sound designed and edited by Brad Colbrook along with Mariah Clausen and Griffin Coldiron and featured the music of John Bartman. And I'm Sophia Derisi. Want to stay up to date on all things the Lafrisian Chronicles arson? Follow our social media for more information about upcoming episodes at Lafrisia Audio on Twitter. If you enjoyed today's episode, subscribe to our show on your favorite podcasting site and leave a review. Until next time, listeners. <laughs>